Um, it's interesting that yesterday, uh, Michael Kaplan, our consulting psychiatrist, was in talking to our kindergarten parents about what to expect from your five and six-year-olds. And as I look out at you folks in the dark, I recall that meeting. I don't know if you recall that meeting when you were sitting in, in kindergarten. So, um, and per certainly part of his message is all about separation and growing and how that's healthy and so forth. And so here we are in fifth grade together, you know, looking forward to a really exciting adventure in, on the Skungamog River. As you can see here, it's not a rip-roaring uh, river. There's no worry to be had there. It's a pretty calm... Creek, you might call it, um, but it's fun for exploration and, and learning. So our agenda today, oh, you know what, I didn't set this up. Um, Liam, would you push the button, the forward button for me, please? You know, this is embarrassing in all my classes. <laughs> Here, let me do this. I had to say that publicly for the first time. Thank you. And you could, if you plug that in for me, then this will work. So this is our agenda. Why do we take the children in fifth grade um, on this trip to the Skungamog River? We'll give you some insight into what the itinerary will look like. We'll talk about safety, logistics, your job, um, and then answer any questions that you might have uh, about the trip. Yes. So why do we take the children in fifth grade? Well, it folds in really nicely to the ecology curriculum that they're um, having right now. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity to build community. And I would say that, and for families who have been here, have kind of had this fifth grade experience, maybe, maybe you'll um, connect to this notion. But fifth grade is a really interesting year in that the kids kind of become a lot more cohesive. And they kind of, there's a stickiness about fifth grade and a, a really strong sense of community. And I think in large part, it's because the school year starts with the trip. And kids can make connections um, across classrooms and kind of reinforce friendships as well as explore different friendships in a different setting. Um, it's also an opportunity to develop what they call, I don't really buy the name, non-cognitive skills, because it's all kind of residing in your brain and executive functioning and about regulation and about developing self-confidence and self-esteem. Um, and then finally, it's also an opportunity to develop Falco's pride. Interestingly enough, this morning, I don't know if you saw the article in the New York Times, um, there was a piece about how to help teenagers, teenagers manage stress. And I just want to read this, um, a, a short paragraph here, because I think it's kind of interesting. To reframe how we think about a phenomenon that has been roundly and wrongly pathologized, we should appreciate that healthy stress is inevitable when we operate at the edge of our abilities. Stretching beyond familiar limits doesn't always feel good, but growing and learning, the keys to school and much of life, can't happen any other way. And so again, the idea is we want to stretch children in a, in a safe setting, um, but put them out of their comfort zone just a little bit so that they can develop greater self-confidence and self-esteem. The other reason for taking the, the, the children on the trip is, um, this is actually a piece from our yearbook. I don't know when it was published, actually. But um, it actually just conveys the importance of the trip to the students. So in ninth grade, they're still reflecting on, wow, one of my favorite things about foot school was going on the overnight trip in fifth grade. Um, and then this is a picture of, this is Adam Solomon. And uh, I can't remember how many years ago that was, maybe 15 years ago. So we, we've been doing this trip for a good long time. Those families who've been here for a little while will say, well, wait a minute, you used to go to Deer Lake, now you're going to Skungamog River. Why did you make the switch? Um, and what I would offer, there's some seats here in the front. And 
what I would offer about the switch is that um, there are some things that we, when we did a little bit of research uh, two years ago into uh, Nature's Classroom, what we observed was that the support infrastructure, meaning the nursing staff that they have on hand 24 hours, the food facilities, really spoke to us in a way that would best support the children, our community, and the faculty. It was becoming quite a responsibility at Deer Lake where the um, faculty were managing all of the meds and all of the food and all of the allergy and restrictions and so forth. And so when we went out to Nature's Classroom, in addition to being able to really enjoy the hands-on nature of um, being off-site and exploring ecology in a really lovely setting, these other attributes just kind of enhanced the trip and made it kind of a no, a, a no, non, no brainer to make the shift over to from Deer Lake to Skunkamog River. Um, here's a bit about the, the overall arching itinerary. On October 10th, um, the children will depart foot at 8.30 in the morning. And on October 12th, they will be picked up. And I, the fifth grade teachers will send out different pieces of information. We kind of have it scheduled so you get dollops of information along the way to kind of keep it forefront of your mind, but also so that you can make your plans. Um, if you're interested in making the drive and picking up some children, then let us know. Not every family is required to drive out to Andover, Connecticut to, to retrieve their children. Um, and the idea is that we'll all be back at foot school at 3.30. Nature's Classroom, I think one of the reasons why they run such fantastic excursions for children. They've been doing it since 1973 um, and they have many sites in the New England area and they really are experts. One of the things that called my attention to their site last year was that the very first thing that they did was the kids get off the off you know get off the they don't get off the bus they, they get settled in they drop off their stuff the person who's the director or the principal out at Nature's Classroom takes all of the children and runs an activity with them. Meanwhile, the staff meets with our staff and says, tell us what we know, need to know about your children. Tell us about allergies. Tell us about fears. Tell us about likes and dislikes. And we actually had like well over an hour to just kind of sit and talk about children and, and give them an opportunity to kind of debrief them on the, the children that were coming to have this experience so that they could be as prepared as possible. Um, then after that whole kind of intro to to their staff and to our children, they had a fire drill. Just to say, here you're on our campus, this is what we know about our campus, and this is what you do in case of an emergency. Um, yes, it's away from your home. It's a kind of an, ex ex an experience out in the, in, the, in the woods, if you will. But you'll notice from the pictures, they're, they're not roughing it all that much. <laughs> it's very comfortable. Um, and it's only 50 miles away an hour away, and Andover, Connecticut, I don't know if you know where that sits, but it's kind of um, northwest, northeast of us, it's sitting kind of to the east of Hartford. As I said, they're not really roughing it. Um, this is the dining facilities. They are set up to cater to all kinds of allergies. And last year, we had some really quite significant allergies, and we actually had a mom who said, my child, I know him. He's not going to eat any of the food that's offered to him. I'm going to pack meals, and I'm going to send them along in a cooler, and they'll be ready to go. Do you know that the child did not touch any of the packed meals? <laughs> he really liked being catered to because he had an arrangement with the, the chef there, and he'd say, oh, today this is what I want, and so forth. Um, 
So it, they really are experienced in meeting a wide variety of children's needs. Um, it tends to be child-friendly food, so the faculty don't love it, um, but the kids are enthusiastic eaters, and they, they work and play hard all day long, so they do really enjoy um, the meals. The other thing that's neat about Nature's Classroom is, um, with, with the exception of the evening hours, when it's time to go and kind of settle into the bunks, the staff is on. So every minute in between getting organized for a meal or transitioning from one thing to another, the staff has got games that they play with the kids, they sing songs, they're educational tidbits as well as community building things, and so the staff is just phenomenal in terms of they know kids and they know how to engage children, and so they make it a lot of fun. One of the things that happens during meal time after the meal, they um, weigh how much waste there was, and every day there's an, what's called an ORT report where the kids actually keep a graph of how much food they're throwing away after the meals, and you notice over the course of the three days it really diminishes dramatically. And so there's a nice kind of educational piece folded into the experience as well. Again, not roughing it. This is what a typical bunk looks like. Um, the, there's bedding supplied, but you can also send along um, your own sleeping bag if you'd like. It's not required. They do have sheets and they have um, blankets that um, are laundered and so forth, so that's, you probably want to send along a pillow. They don't have pillows. So there's the roughing it. There's no pillows for it. <laughs> so the children will arrive on Wednesday. As I said, they'll move in. We'll have meetings and a fire drill. They'll have lunch. Field group is when they go out by class and have some kind of exploration of the wooded area around the facilities. The special interest groups, I'll show you a couple of examples of what the special interest groups are, but then this is a place where the kids have some choice about what they want to explore and learn. Waitrons, um, it's actually the children are required to serve their peers, so they set up and they break down every meal, and the, every child has that experience, and so they'll get scheduled right off the bat, and so that's what the, they'll, they'll be the waitrons who are providing that service, and it's a nice way, of, again, of building community and taking care of each other. Um, the Quest is a community building activity. They ha typically have a sing-along, uh, campfires, and then 9 o'clock is lights out. So that would be a typical schedule. Thursday, um, again, whole class experience, special interest classes, um, and again, a different kind of experience out in the woods. Um, we typically have a night hike which is really one of the highlights for some of the children. It's the first time they're out in the woods without any artificial lighting, and they do a little activity with, um, oh, I can't tell you. You'll, you'll learn about it after. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a great experience for the kids who have, again, who have never kind of experienced the outdoors in, in, in that way. And then Friday, they get to provide some feedback about their, their experience, as do the um, faculty so we can continue to refine and evolve the program. Here are a couple of, um, of the options, or actually a lot of the options for the different classes. Um, don't guac the boat. They actually took uh, uh, guacamole skins or rinds and made boats, vessels, and they learned a little bit about buoyancy and so forth. And then they floated them along the Skungamug River. They learned something about camouflage and animals, um, shelters. This is one that I participated in last year where the kids went out and actually built, were taught how to, like what kind of resources to use if you're out in the wild and how to build a, uh, a steady, strong shelter. 
Um, so the kids have plenty of options in, in choosing which activities they want to participate in. So here they are. This must have been one about how to build a fire from without matches, of course. It was a little tricky because it was, I think it was really damp that day. So it was interesting to kind of see the um, the counselor struggling to get the fire going and the kids trying rallying and trying to be supportive. Um, we have six faculty members going on the trip. Um, I'm always, if there's a need for me to go, then I also go. I've gone on the last, I think, three trips. Um, this year I feel confident, every year I feel confident that I don't need to go, but sometimes they like the reinforcement. Um, so we have three, the three classroom teachers, Cassie Spadori, who's the associate, Carla Matheny, the art teacher, and Colleen Murphy, the PE teacher. The ratio is essentially five to one. There is a, a medic or EMT on the site 24 hours a day. Um, this person is a person who dispenses all of the medication. Um, and oversees everything and, you know, health-wise. We have s the student meetings, what I mentioned earlier, where they really get a sound understanding of, like, kind of the highest needs and whether that's kind of social-emotional need or allergy or other health issues. Um, and it's really important, obviously, that you, part of your part is getting your paperwork in on time and making sure that you provide the appropriate medications and um, sign off on the medic's ability to administer those medications. So that's one of your roles. The other role is to perhaps you want to deliver or pick up. Again, you don't have to, but a, a sign-up sheet will go out so that you can participate if you want to. Um, you'll be getting information, as I said, in dollops, so like a packing list, what you should bring. Please get your forms, your medical forms, back to us by October 2nd. That's just around the, the corner. I almost freaked out when I was looking at my calendar. I said, October's next week. Um, so just keep that in mind. Emotional support, part of the reason for sharing that New York Times article with you is that we have seen a trend here at Foot School in the last, well, I've been here, this is my ninth year, um, where anxiety is becoming a thing, meaning kids are, are worried about things. In some instances, they're worried about things um, well beyond their control, like, you know, make kind of the, the world that we're living in nowadays and how they're exposed to the news. Um, and they might be worried about very local things. And I think one of the things that we can do, we can partner on, is again, stretching children in healthy ways. And so this trip is a really nice way of kind of stretching children beyond something they, they might be comfortable with to say, you know what, I know you can do it. It's gonna be a great trip. I can't wait to hear about it. Um, so really the idea is they're gonna take their cues from you. If you're really nervous about the trip, I, I encourage you to talk to the classroom teachers and, and share your your nerves with them as opposed to with your child because your child is going to be just fine. And that's really you know, the message we want to convey to them is they, they can do it. Um, and then that's that last piece about communication with teachers. You know, just let them know, you know if you know your child is nervous about the trip, talk to the teacher. Um, if there are other you know, special things that we need to know, we have had, you name it, we've had that experience. We've had children wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, I miss mom and dad. And, be in tears and then they have an opportunity to spend a little bit more time um, with their with their teacher if that's the case. We've had children who have wet the their beds because they because of whatever reason they forgot to go to the bathroom before they you know bunked for the night. Um, so the teachers are really experienced and have dealt with just about anything you might think of um, and they're really discreet and supportive and loving with the children. Um, I think that's one thing 
I've always had great admiration and respect for the faculty, but I, it increased a hundredfold the first time I went on the trip to Deer Lake because the, the, the teachers do such a fine job of like working with the children and supporting them um, off campus. Um, other pieces of the program, you know, I've talked about kind of stretching them and reinforcing self-esteem. With the, the service to one another, it's such a nice way of building community and reinforcing the opportunity for student leadership. Um, I can't under, you know, underestimate that enough or highlight that enough for you. North Star is something your child might have commented about that. That's, uh, we started that last week. And we, by design, we set up three sessions before we go off to Skungamog River. And the idea is to have the kids mixed up across the classrooms so that they can get to know each other in a different setting. And the whole purpose of North Star is really to, again, explore identity, reinforce community, um, support them before they go into middle school and exploring notions around who am I and who am I, the, you know, what, who do I want to be, who do I aspire to be. Um, this year we did something different. The program has been evolving over the years. Uh, historically, well way back, it was a program that was specifically designed for girls. And it really was about self-esteem and body image and, and those aspects. And then the girls started challenging us and saying, wait, why are we doing this and the boys are out at recess? So we said, wait a minute, okay, we need to fold the boys in. So we, they started to have an experience, but we had these like parallel worlds that were going on. And the girls came back to us again and said, well, well wait a minute, why are we like in here doing art projects and they're out there like whittling? Like what, what is with this gender stereotyping here? And we said, okay, let's think about that. Um, and so last year we actually ran parallel you know, did exactly kind of the same activities across gender. And then the kids said, well, wait a minute. You know, if you're telling us that there's a gender continuum, how can we, like, define ourselves a boy or girl? How come we can't be across gender? So this year, for the first time, we gave them that option. So we asked the children, do you want to be in a boy group, a girl group, or a mixed group? And so we have boy groups, girl groups, and mixed groups. Um, and so we asked them to let us know how that, how that goes. John, um, John, Jim Adams and I are, the, are leading, we're part, co-partnering, we're partnering here um, to lead the, the mixed North Star group, and then the, um, Jake and Adam are leading the other groups, and then we have, again, Cassie Spidori, Kelly Connellan, who's at the reception, and Carla Matheny, who, who lead the other groups that we have. So, um, It's a total immersion experience. You know, there, it, again, in, in years past, we used to have more interaction with parents coming out to visit and deliver meals and so forth and that was really problematic because <laughs> the, the kids were great as soon as you left them they were great when you came out to visit them they would break down and be like oh i miss mom so we found that it was really better if they just had the total experience and the same thing with technology we just have like a, a no tech policy there's no phone calls there's of course the teachers will communicate with you if something comes up and um, if there's any reason for communication, we're not, you know, shy to, to reach out to you. But the kids will not be reaching out to you, and they won't be posting on Instagram or whatnot. They'll be really engaged in the experience. Um, and then again, you know, I can't, again, enhance the independence. We just want to reiterate for the kids that this is a healthy stretch and that they can do it. Now, having said that, families have said in some instances, well, here, here are worries that we have or my child has. Um, is there, can we do X, Y, or Z? That's a conversation with your classroom teacher. 
So what if they get homesick? I just met with a fifth grade uh, friend, and he said to me, Miss Mel, is it true that we're all required to bring kind of a, some kind of a comfort object or a stuffed animal? I said, you betcha. Oh, good. Um, because nobody wants to be the only one, so it's a requirement. All the kids need to bring something that's going to make them feel comfortable being away from home. Um, the teachers, again, are very flexible, so they will have the kids in the bunk room with them if that is what the child needs to feel most comfortable. Um, they'll, you know, work out the bunk assignment so kids feel like they're next to somebody that feels comfortable to them. Um, they're really receptive to shaping the experience. The kids in our North Star program will ask them to, um, will have, uh, will assign them a buddy, and the what their their job is to check in with that person three times during the course of uh, the excursion to just say, hey, how are you doing? Are you feeling okay? Is there any support I can offer you? Um, I mentioned already that the teachers have many, 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 many years of experience. Sorry, Adam, I showed the picture again of you back in 1970. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, and then finally, special needs. Just let your teacher know if there's something that's on your mind, worries that you have um, about how your child might feel about the trip.